welcome to Faith Foundations, a podcast with Open the Word. I'm Gwen McCaslin, and I'm your host. This is another one of our Wednesday editions. This is podcast 105. Um, and today I'm going to spend some time talking about the internal evidence that supports the authority of Scripture, um, the authenticity of Scripture. Um, and one of the biggest things I want to point out is that the Old Testament was actually canonized by the time of Jesus. Um, So when Jesus came to redeem that relationship that was lost in the fall, like we've talked about before, um, every time Jesus quotes it, every time he reads it, every time he references it, he affirms its authority. Now, why is that important? Well, Hebrews 1 tells us that Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. Um, It tells us that before Christ... God spoke through his prophets to us, but that something specific shifted when he sent his son. And what shifted is instead of speaking through a human man that's fallen and sinful, all of a sudden he sent an exact representation of himself in Christ to speak to us. Um, And so it's rather fascinating because if you look at the beginning, the first time we see God's voice, it's creating something out of nothing. It's pretty amazing. Pretty amazing. And so um, one of the things that's very clearly recognized is that everyone who held Old Testament scripture just affirmed its authority and and reverenced it um, as such. And so you have... Um, all of these believers just moved through time. For example, when they um, when the Jews came back after uh, Babylon, one of the first things they did was they gathered the, the the Old Testament and they read it. You had Ezra, who discovered the books of the law and they were read before the people. Comes out of uh, Nehemiah chapter eight and chapter nine, where you see that you see them discover the word of God again, the Old Testament scriptures. Um, And then they actually looked at what was in there and discovered that they haven't done the Feast of Booze since Joshua was their leader. Um, And so they they recognized their need to get um, their lives in line with the Old Testament scriptures. Um, And so an edict goes out and everybody goes and they gather what they need to celebrate the booze, the Feast of Booze. Um, and so there's there's this precedence of reverencing the scriptures and then recognizing that it's truth and we need to bring our lives into alignment with that. Well, when Christ comes, he's God. At the same time that he's human, he is fully divine. And so we literally have God himself validating the authority of the Old Testament scriptures anytime that he quotes it, references it, or reads it. Um, A lot of times you will hear Jesus say over and over and over, this is to fulfill what the scriptures say. Well, that's the Old Testament prophets, what they had said about the Messiah. Um, And so especially when you read Matthew, you're going to see a lot of Old Testament quotes um, because Jesus is the fulfillment of, of what is promised in the Old Testament. He's a fulfillment of the law. Um, and so you cannot read the New Testament apart from the Old Testament because it is the new covenant in his blood. Well, if you're going to understand why it's new, you got to understand what the old looked like. And the purpose of the old was to show us our sin. And I'm 
getting into all kinds of fabulous things that we'll talk about at other times too. Um, but let's look up some of those verses. Um, and I think we're going to start with um, some of the things that Jesus says. Um, so if we go to Luke 24, uh, verse 44, and I'm for some of these I'm going to use the English Standard Version. Um for your ability to kind of follow along. Then he said to them, these are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets and the Psalms must be fulfilled. The the important thing about this verse right here is the law of Moses. We've talked about that before. That's the first five books of the Old Testament. Um, that's uh, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That is the Pentateuch. Um, for a Jewish believer, they would call that the Torah. Uh, that is the law of Moses. Now, in another episode, we are going to talk about the historical evidence, but one of the things that I discovered this week in my research was that um, those books are written at such an educated level that their organization their structure it had to have come out of a royal education in Egypt Um, and I just love that because what do we know of Moses's backstory he was raised as a son of Pharaoh's daughter but I absolutely love what Jesus is saying here about the law of Moses so he's affirming the first five books um, and the prophets which the prophets are, we have two categories of prophets. We have the bigger books, which are called the major prophets, and we have the smaller books, which are called the minor prophets, which is over half of the Old Testament, and the Psalms. Okay, that would have been the Hebrew songbook, if you will, their hymnal, um, their praise and worship uh, book. Um, And so basically what you have there is Jesus just affirms every single category of the Old Testament. He did the whole of it right here in this statement. Um, And he points out that everything written about me in the Old Testament must be fulfilled. Now, that's Luke 24, verse 44. Romans 1, 1 through 32. I'm not going to read all of that, but um, I am going to read the beginning because I want you to listen to his reference to the Holy Scriptures. Again, this would have been the Old Testament Um, Paul, servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God, which he promised beforehand through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, who descended from David according to the flesh, um, was declared to be the son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection from the dead. Now, the one thing I want you to know there is through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, um, and he's specifically talking about what the Old Testament says about Christ. Um, another place you see Paul saying, uh, 1 Corinthians fourteen thirty seven. if anyone thinks he's a prophet or a spiritual, uh, he should acknowledge the things that I'm writing to you are a command of the Lord. Um, and this goes back to... One of the ways that they they decided, the early church decided what was in the canon was that they could affirm the authority of the apostleship of the writer, Um, or it was somebody close and and under under the apostle writing. 
Um, And so that apostolic authority was something that the early church maintained and they reverenced. Um, Romans 9.17 says, For the scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I have raised you up, that I might show my power in you, and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. And, And this is reference. Well, what scripture in the time is Romans talking about? Romans chapter 9 is talking about the Old Testament scriptures. Um, Psalm 19, then let's look at an Old Testament passage. Psalm 19 says, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. Well, what law of the Lord? Well, that's talking about the Old Testament scriptures. Um, And so what you have here is you have Psalms talking about um, the Torah, the prophets, and um, itself. So, okay, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. All right, now let's talk about Peter. This was pretty fascinating because Peter actually talks about Paul's writings and elev- and, and affirms them as scripture. Second Peter 3, um, I'm going to start in 15. Just as also our beloved brother Paul, according to the wisdom given him, wrote to you, as also in all of his letters, speaking in them of these things in which some things are hard to understand, uh, which the untaught and unstable distort as they do the rest of the scriptures to their own destruction. The thing that I love about this passage right here is we've got Peter reckon he's he's showing that the early church right after um, Christ returns to heaven is recognizing that these letters being written back and forth by the apostles are scripture. They're on level with Old Testament scripture uh, for their relevance, for their respect, for their reverence, for being the inspired word of God. Um, and so what we see here is all of his letters, all of Paul's letters, um, they're hard. But And then there's this comment about how untaught and unstable distort just like they do the rest of the scriptures um and so you can see that he he's definitely acknowledging that paul's hard to read sometimes but that it's inspired word of god just like the old testament scriptures are um the next place i'm going to take you is actually one of paul's statements to timothy um because he's talking about timothy uh The context for this, I'm going to start in chapter 3, verse 14. However, you, however, continue in the things that you have learned and become convinced of, knowing from whom you have learned them, that from childhood you have known the sacred writings. Well, what are the sacred writings? That's Old Testament scripture. Um, So he had a mom who was a Jew and loved the word of God. He had a grandmother who was faithful to the Lord. Um, And so he comes from a rich heritage of women who were in God's word and taught their children. We're able to give you the wisdom that leads to salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And then verse 16, all scripture is inspired by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be adequate and equipped for every good work. Um, And so Old Testament and the letters being written are given the weight and the authority to be 
oh, what word do I want? That our lives should be be brought into alignment with what's taught within them. Okay, so previously we've talked about some of the things that Jesus said about Old Testament scriptures, but the one place that just, if there was one moment in time I, could, I wish I could drop into, it would be in Luke 24, um, verses 25 following. And it's where Jesus meets the two two of his followers on the road to Emmaus. Um, and he just joins them, like, you know. And he even, he hides who he is. Um, but the thing, the, just this moment, the risen Christ is in their midst. Uh, verse, I'm going to pick up in verse 25 of Luke 24. And he said to them, O foolish men, slow of heart, to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. And so literally he's talking about what? The Old Testament again. Was it not necessary for Christ to suffer these things and to enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all of the prophets, he explained to them the things concerning himself in all the scriptures. That is one moment that I wish in history that I wish I could just drop into. Um, but literally what you have is you have Jesus doing a full Old Testament survey, highlighting all of the places where he's talked about, where God has spoken through the prophets to his people about himself. Um, and he's showing how he fulfills every single prophecy made about himself. Now, some of you might go, well, how many prophecies is that? Well, quite a few, <laughs> quite a few. Um, one of the, the resource books I have is called Rose's Book of Bible Charts, Maps, and Timelines. And one of the wonderful little uh, illustrations that's in here is um, prophecies. And it talks about all of the prophecies from the Old Testament about Christ. The title of the chart is actually called 100 Prophecies Fulfilled by Jesus. Um, and I love this because there's, it actually color codes them according to how many years before the birth of Christ. Just so that you understand how, how much in the future God was talking about the coming of his son. Um, so literally there's a whole section of green ones that are 1,200 years before the birth of Christ. And then there's a yellow section ones that are 800 years before the birth of Christ. And then there's blue ones that are 500 years before the birth of Christ. Now, the interesting thing to know is that, um, Old Testament stops about three to 400 years before the birth of Christ. And during that season, God is silent and I don't know where the origin of dramatic pause came from, but I think that's the original dramatic pause where there is just silence before the crescendo. Um, the coming of Jesus is absolutely the culmination of God speaking and moving into the lives of mankind. Um, and so it is fascinating to look at um, all of the prophecies. And the, the thing I like about this is it's got the Old Testament reference, but then it's got the New Testament fulfillment right alongside. So you can track some of these prophecies and where it's talked about in the New Testament. And this is some of the stuff that helps you to understand how the Old Testament dovetails 
into the New Testament and why you cannot read them separate from one another um, and why the Old Testament is the foundation and the context that the New Testament comes out of. Um, and you have to remember, too, that the Bible has that one overarching theme and everybody in the Old Testament looks forward to Christ's coming and the cross. And everybody in the New Testament looks back at his sacrifice as the perfect Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, according to that's what, how Matthew talks about him. Um, and so to see the unity of the scriptures and to understand that internally there are so many passages that validate the unity of the scriptures and the reverence and the authority that God's word carries. Um, in another episode, we are going to talk about some of those external things. Um, we're going to talk about some archaeology. We're going to talk about um, confirmations of, you know, even uh, titles that the Bible used that we didn't have evidence for, and all of a sudden we've discovered evidence that, wow, that really was the title of the governor of this area or, you know, of different things. And up to a certain point, archaeology hadn't been able to prove that that was even a title used or that that was, you know. And so um, you we'll talk about some of those kinds of things because it's just fascinating. Um, one quote that I found uh, in an article through Answers in Genesis, talked about how um, an archaeologist says, I, I have done a trial in one hand and the Bible in the other, and I've never found the Bible to be wrong yet. <laughs> and so it was just kind of fascinating to see how even secular archaeologists concede to the accuracy of the text. Um, and so we'll talk about some more of that on an, a future episode of this podcast, but you have hopefully discovered the, just how fascinating God's word is. And I'm hoping what you heard today was how internally the word of God validates its authority, that Jesus in his lifetime validated the authority of the Old Testament. So God himself validates the authority of the Old Testament. Um, the, the key leaders of the church after Jesus leaves validate the authority of the scriptures. One of the things we have to understand is that mankind does not authenticate scripture. We affirm its, its authority. Um, that's all we're doing. We recognize that authority. That authority is God-given. It's, it's in the fact that it's his words inspiring it. It's, it's his spirit that blows through it. Um, that moves in the heart of man to pen what he's written. Um, and so we as humans do not have the authority to look at it and go, yes, this is God speaking. God does that itself. We're just recognizing it. We acknowledge it. Um, and so in acknowledging it, um, the second step is obedience. It's looking at what the Bible actually says and then going, all right, Lord, how do I live this out? Because we can't recognize its authority and then do nothing with that. So recognizing God's authority and the word of God's authority, it moves right over in bringing our lives into alignment with it and into obedience to what God's word says. And, and there's going to be moments where we don't agree, where we want to argue back with God. In those moments, we need to remember 
that when we step outside of God's plan and his directions, we pay a price. And it's not always a price we can predict. Sometimes it's an emotional one. Sometimes it's a spiritual one. But we always pay a price when we do things our way instead of the way God has designed, instead of staying in alignment with what God says to do with certain things. So that is my encouragement for today. Hopefully this has been helpful to just understand um, that there is a lot of internal evidence for the authority of Scripture. And I feel like, honestly, I did a very light perusal of everything in here. Because honestly, every time a, a prophetic statement is fulfilled, it is internal validation for the authority of Scripture. Um, and so every single one of those 100 prophecies are evidences for the truth of God's Word. Um, and so I feel like, in some ways, I am doing... <laughs> a very poor job of even representing the bulk and the wealth of what is here if you look. My heart is to encourage you to do the research yourself, to discover what is here to be discovered. Um, and my challenge is to do what you need to do so that you have confidence in what you read, and, and I want you to realize that there is so much available for under, to, to support um, the confidence in the scriptures. And so that is my heart with some of these, not to give you an exhaustible resource, but to give you just enough to tease you to go search for yourself. Because what we find ourselves, we hold on to very differently than what other people give us. So um, just like we always say here, open the word for yourself. Don't take our word for it. Do the work yourself. Be diligent to search the scriptures, um, to search the resources that are available, um, because this is what makes your foundation sure in such a shaky world. And if you're not in God's word, you cannot hope to recognize the shift and the slant and the, the warp that can come to some of our beliefs. Um, the world is... The world can be a very confusing place, and the father of lies is all about looking like the real thing with just a little bit of deception in it. And if you're not in God's word, you're not going to be able to discern any of his tactics, any of his slants, any of his distortions. And so you're going to fall for whatever sounds right because you're not in God's word. And so my heart is to encourage us as believers to be in God's word, to be shoring up our faith and our confidence because we are facing fiery darts at every turn. Open the word for yourself. This has been a podcast with Open the Word with Circle of Friends. today. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. We'd love to hear from you, so find us on Facebook and Instagram at Open the Word Podcast or send us an email to openthewordpodcast at gmail.com.
Is it time for you to plan a day trip with your peeps? Come and stay a while at Shia Market in Berlin. There is something for everyone, no matter what your taste or style may be. Visit the Village Gift Barn for your custom floral arrangements and timeless accessories for your home. Stroll upstairs to Shia's Style Boutique for your perfect outfit. Everything from accessories to shoes. Be inspired at country gatherings with decor from modern farmhouse to transitional design. Then meander through the gardens for a large selection of houseplants. And last but not least, order your perfect cup of brew at the Buggy Brew Coffee Company. End your day by gathering to relax in our courtyard. You will leave feeling connected and refreshed.